Okay, B'Shem Hashem Na'asana Nasiach. We're starting our Parsha class, hopefully Tuesday nights. Baruch Hashem, we just did Misad Yesharim. Nura Ala Nur, we're going to do Chumash Ramban. It says that um, the, uh, the so we're going to learn, analyze over here Nachmanides Pshat on what's going on. We know that in this week's parsha, um, on the surface, it, it looks a little bit questionable. The integrity of who? Yaakov. Because um, it was the day Avram had passed away. And what had happened? Yaakov had cooked uh, lentils. And then Esav was uh, super tired. What we call exhausted. Beyond exhausted. And it seems, Chas Shalom Yaakov Avinu took advantage and said, if you want me to give you some of this soup, uh, what do we need to do? You need to um, go ahead and give me um, some of your uh, your firstborn rights. And it says Esav was more than willing to oblige and do that. And it says Vayivez Esav et Abechora. Right? So why, now why we, we have to analyze here why uh, the Ramban, Nachmanides, goes here to explain in depth in chapter 25, Pasuk 34, why um, Esav had, um, it's a long Ramban, if you see. Why Esav had uh, disgraced his firstborn rights by selling them to Yaakov in this particular, um, at this particular time. So it says that, um, so it says like this. So we know what did Esav tell Yaakov? Esav told Yaakov, I'm going to die anyway, so what do I need the Bechorah for? So the Ramban, first we're, we're going to give an overview, a summary of the Ramban, then we'll go into the details. What was going on here is, essentially to give an overview of what the Ramban is going to say, he was saying that anyways, Esav was a hunter, and something like a gangster, like a... He was doing very dangerous types of um, hunting, possibly hunting lions or wild animals. So he said, I may even end up dying prematurely. And anyways, even though I was the first to be born out of our twins, I may not ever come to exercise my firstborn rights because I'll be dead. Right? That's actually a, a fact I was looking in U.S. A news report. The number one cause of death in men, you know it is? They drive recklessly, they oh, do yeah. dangerous drug overdose, drunk driving, you know? Yeah. That even kills more people than from heart attacks or any other thing. It's scary. I mean, especially young people. So it says that 
But he says the more appropriate reason is not not that. That's like kind of like the superficial reason of why Esav uh, disgraced the firstborn right. He, he says that um, Esav disrespected the value of the firstborn right, which was like being like a Kohen, being the spiritual leader of the family because Esav believed that... Um, Esav was the type of person like the great Italian commentator also says. Esav's philosophy on life was what? Material. Material. Instant gratification. So he got so drowned in the now that I need to maximize my nerve endings that everything... Basically, I want to tell you something. This is something I observed. You know what the difference, in my opinion, between a Sadiq and a Rasha is? The Sadiq is always like we just said the story. He's yeah, always thinking about the number one destination yeah, for future, for the next world. Yeah. But the Rasha only cares the, about the moment, the moment, this world. Yeah. So that's we're going to read the Ramban inside. It says, "Hapasuk Omer Masha Mashlama Melech Baal Daber Yichbalo." Which means, some the, the King Solomon in Mishle thirteen thirteen, he says, if you disrespect something that is valuable, who's going to get the ultimate harm from it? Yourself, yourself, like money. Yeah. Money is a valuable thing. No money, no honey. So if you're negligent with your money, then you're going to be what? Like you know these pro athletes. They go spend all their money, they don't save it, they don't invest it. You know? So it says, that's exactly what happened with Esau. He disrespected and didn't value his first war rights, and then that's why you, you lose it. It says, It says, so he says, one shot is, is that Esau lived a very dangerous life. A, a life that he was very subject to harm and may have di- died prematurely. So one reason is, is that he wanted to um, kind of said, you know, I may not end up getting double because we know in Judaism, firstborn gets what? Double. double portion. He said, "If I die, anyways, you're going to get the double portion. Yeah. So why not give it to you now?" But it says, "Vayochol After he drank and ate, it says he he uh, disgraced the firstborn. He was always hunting Esau. The Ramban says. Because he says, the Rambal says, you know, fools, their whole desire always is to do their animalistic and instant gratification behavior. So he says, they only care about three things in life. Me, myself, and I, how could I have the ultimate pleasure? And that's, we're, we're going to get to the month of Kislev. That was the whole war between, the war between Yaakov and Esau is the war between the Hellenist between light and dark. Between the Maccabees and the Greeks. So he says, he says the, the wicked people, they are only, 
always dreaming and working towards satisfying their lust. You know? <laughs> to have the maximum amount of sometimes even disgusting animalistic pleasure and just eating and drinking. And they don't worry at all. Their foolishness says that they don't wor- worry about all what what you know what we were learning the Misad Yesharim that you have to answer for all your your deeds, your deeds and you know the 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 ultimate world is the is the world to come. You know that. So it says. So let's let's go ahead in this Ramban. We know one of the great philosophers and commentators was the uh, Ibn Ezra. <laughs> so he says that So we want to analyze what exactly did uh, Esav sell to Yaakov. So according to the Ibn Ezra, it was his double portion in Isaac's. You know, um, in Isaac's uh, money and possessions, but mostly the priesthood. Exactly. It says Esav disgraced the the firstborn right. According to Ibn Ezra, it says Yitzchak, after the death of Abram, had lost his money. Actually. But the Ramban argues on this, so it's a. And it says, "Abe chora shemachar ita meulava So, according to the Ramban, the Ramban says no. It was a much more sophisticated thing. The firstborn rights. Firstborn rights. Who's the leader of the family? Who's the spiritual leader? Right. Who's kind of like the spiritual godfather of the family? Who's kind of like the rabbi of the family and is the leader of the family, right? It's all about leadership. It's, it's mostly like King David. He was not first born. Exactly. Yeah. But he was became. Yeah, because he was a leader. Exactly. So the Ramban actually vehemently argues with Rabbi Ibn Ezra and says that um, Yitzchak actually was was me'asha'arim. You know what he did? He actually, Yitzchak was one of the most richest of all the three. Yaakov had an episode of being poor when Eliphaz, but Yitzchak, the Ramban says vehemently, for the record, Yitzchak was wealthy his entire life. And um, it says Esav was just a rotten apple in that he had made a conscientious decision in his life that what? I want to be instant gratification. I only care about this world and I don't care what God's going to judge me in the next world. Let's just be merry, uh, you know, like Apicurius, like that philosophy of the Greeks, which is... He's the father of all, all Greeks. Um, so, okay, so now we're going to end with this idea of the firstborn. We're going to go to the next idea 
in the Parsha and the Ramban. Okay, now we're talking about the idea, it's a very fundamental Ramban. Now, I, I was always bothered by this idea, but this is a fundamental in Judaism to understand that each, um, each one of our patriarchs, Avot, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov are a diamond of a different color, a gem of a different color, and they, we can't say, like, you know, even though Yitzchak in a certain way we know the least about, and in the Torah, superficially, if you read it, it seems that he was the least sophisticated. And the, but we have to know that um, each one of our fathers, Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, independently, they had a great merit. Which means, certain people in life, they're only wealthy, because they, they never worked a dime for their mother. Right? Their father was a billionaire, or their great-grandfather, and it was just... Inherited. Inherited and they're low, like, you know. Mufkhor. Exactly. <laughs> He's trying to say what the Ramban here is going to tell us in chapter 26, Pasuk 3, is that God tells um, Yitzchak, live in this land of the Pelishtim and I will bless you. Because to your children, I'm going to give all these lands and I'm going to upkeep the swearing, the oath that I made to Abraham, your father. Yeah. So here, let's, let's go ahead and look at the Ramban. It says, the, the Ramban says that, So let's give an overview of what the, Abraham wants to, the Ramban wants to tell us. So God, what is God telling Yitzchak? He's saying, I'm going to keep the promise that I made to who? To, to Abraham. And he says, I'm also going to upkeep the, um, what I swore to you. So he says, actually God is making very clear to Yitzchak, that who is the blessing? Who's going to bring blessing into the world? Avram was essentially given the key of blessing. You understand? Now who's going to extend that? Yitzchak or Yishmael? Yitzchak. Yitzchak. So let's go read the Ramban. He says, Yesh Lavin. It says, the question here is, of course God is going to keep his what he swore to Avraham. So why again does he have to swear and let Yitzhak know that I'm not going to abandon you and I'm going to keep it? And God never had told him that Yitzhak was going to be the source of blessing. The question is, why does God have to repeat to Yitzhak that I swear that you're going to have the key of blessing and I'm going to give all the blessings through you? And it was the, God never swore to Abram that he was going to give the blessing on a condition. Now why did he have to give it to Yaakov? Because Esav was always fighting over him over the blessing. So the fact is that in this passage, why does God have to say, Ba'akimoti? Tell Yitzhak, your mind should be at ease and I'm going to upkeep the oath of Abraham. 
לכן נאמר בתור הארץ אשר נשמעת על אברהם ישראל כיעקב. First of all, you always have to see that whenever God tells Moshe or Yosef or all the prophets, I'm going to keep the... or in prayers, we always give equal um, respect to each one of them. We say God of Avram, God of Yitzchak and Yaakov. And he said, God always tells Moshe, this is the land that I swore that I'm going to give to who? He said, actually, this is a very interesting pasuk, that the only time we see God swears to Yitzhak that he's going to keep Abraham's promise to him is this one time. And he says, why is it necessarily for God to have a special treaty and relationship which each one of our forefathers, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. You know why that is? Yeah, because it's like, you know, to know that it's him, not Ishmael. Exactly, no, it's, it's deeper. He says, It's coming to say, don't think Yitzhak is only has worth because he's the son of Avram, like you know these low yeah. lives yeah. that are brats. Yeah. They only have money and are able to... Yeah. They never worked the honest day in their life. Yeah. They pay polo and, you know, drive, you know, Bugat. Uh, what? It's empty. it's empty. It's saying... Well, this is very important. And Kabbalistically, it's even more important. Because Avram brought what became the manifestation of Chesed. Yitzchak was the manifestation of self-control as we saw in the Akedah. You know what the Akedah yeah. is? You know what the Akedah is? Yes. The binding. Mm-hmm. He had so much self-control yeah. that he was even letting the yeah. most natural... See, this brings me to a th- debate we had with a lot of people in the synagogue, Mr. Aguilar. Who had a harder time in the last week's parsha, the test of two weeks ago parsha of uh, bringing Yitzchak as an offering, right? The tenth test of Avram, Akedat Yitzchak. Avraham? No. No? That's why it's called Akedat Yitzchak. Because it's human nature always to defend yourself and not be passive to let... He was 37 years, you know. Yeah, he had a whole life of him. You know. But his father, he was debated. He's like, oh my God, I have to give my son away? This yeah, yeah. So it seems... But we don't call it Akedat Avram. We call it Akedat right. So this Ramban is a very important Ramban to know that don't think Yitzchak, God forbid, was just a passive person and he just passively... No. He became one of our patriarchs. He said, God is making an independent and inconclusive special... Treated with Yitzchak to say, Yitzchak, through your own great deeds and independent hard work, it's worthy for me to even start the Judaism from you. Yeah. Which means, Yaakov also, he was Tiferet, and he was the symbol of Torah, and he was, yeah. each one of them, independent. independently found God in his own way, and deserved to be one of the pillars of the world, yeah. of Judaism, because Judaism is like a table. Even Moshe Rabbeinu told God, when God told him, I want to, um, God said, I want to wipe out all the Jews and start it from you. He said, no. 
These people have a three pillars. Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. Now you want to start a whole new nation just from one? So that's why we want to... Ramban is bringing out that... Um, each one of them had a big zechut. You know what zechut is? No. Merit. Mm. Even though it's enough to say that God... You're right. If God swore to Avram then God's word is the truth. For sure it's going to happen. The reason why he had to swear again is not that we're doubting God's power. It's to tell, give value to Yitzchak and say through the fact that you had self-control and you were willing to become the offering, the korban, and you were, you know, Yitzchak is the symbol of prayer. It says, And it's giving him a special, unique honor. That's why also, in the prophet, we say this every day in Shachrit. I remembered the covenant that I made to Avram. Then it says, I remembered a different covenant. Yaakov and Yitzchak. Each one was great in his own way and was not just like that... Um, Each one of them had his own unique relationship and treaty with God and was glorious and a beautiful diamond of a... Tony uniqueness. Uniqueness, right. It wasn't just because passively, like that rich boy. So he says, And it says, it wants to also say, another reason could be, is to tell us that the same way that all the blessing of the world, Avram, like we see in last week's Pasha, Ephron said that you're a minister of God. God is saying that Yitzchak is the same ambassador of God. And through Yitzchak and Rivka, the whole world will be blessed and God will be known and people will know how to deal with he themselves. Did, he, he did. He was digging wells. Exactly. And, uh, for people, providing water. Exactly. So he was helping the world. So God is saying, again, like the day we were saying before, don't think you're just blessed because your father was blessed and you yourself really don't have any unique value. God is coming in this pasuk and telling Yitzchak, you yourself are the source a blessing. Why? Because uh, that's why it's so important to learn Kabbalah and know that Yitzhak is the manifestation of Givura. Of so- Avram is the manifestation of what? Chesed. Chesed. What is Yitzhak's attribute? Givura. Self-control. Okay. Like we learn Pirkei Avot. What about Yaakov? Yaakov is Tiferet. It's the mixture of both. Oh, and really? it becomes ba- balanced. Yes. And becomes beauty, tiferet. But Yitzhak is the person that, it's a man's thing. If somebody curses you out and you don't respond, right? Or you don't get angry when it's appropriate to get angry. That's extreme self-control. Self-control. So Yitzhak is the manifestation of that. That's why we always mention, it has to be very clearly known that Yitzhak has extreme value in his own right. Okay, now we're going to uh, fast forward to chapter 26, Pasuk 29. And we know 
This, we named one of the beautiful cities of Israel is called Be'er Sheva, because here, originally in this chapter, again, uh, Avimelech had took, uh, had thought that Rivka was his sister, then he saw them playing, right? And then he kicks Yitzhak out of Gerar. In this Pasuk 29, what happens is, we want to learn the Ramban, so let's give an overview. What's going on? They make a treaty again. Avimelech, just like he had made a treaty with Avram, again he makes one with Yitzchak, like you read, and he says we're not going to molest each other, and that's why they they called that well Be'er Sheva. So the Ramban, as an overview, says that basically what's happening here in the Torah is is that Avimelech had defiled and retracted on his treaty with Avraham to always be good to him. Because he had kicked Yitzhak basically out of his country. So what happened was that he was worried that Yitzhak would also retreat from his treaty. And therefore, um, he would cause, through his extreme righteousness, for God to kick out Avimelech from his own country. You understand? So now he came and he made a new treaty with Yitzhak to say that, no, I want to keep my integrity. We're not going to fight each other. We're not going to mess each other over. So it says, let's read the Ramban 29. Do you have the Ramban 29? So it says, so Avi Melechia realizes that Yitzhak is an extremely blessed person and he made a mistake about kicking him out. Because uh, actually I think, isn't it here? Yeah. That we read Vayizra Yitzchak. Yeah, it's exactly here that we read. Look, look, read here. It says, uh, gentlemen, let gets look for a second at Pasuk 12. It says, and Yitzchak sowed in that land in that year, and he reaped a hundredfold. So God blessed him a hundred times. Thus, Hashem blessed him, and that's one of the most beautiful psukim of the Torah that we say Saturday nights because we want to. So it says that Avimelech had realized that the word on the street was that Yitzchak was extremely blessed. Blessed, and that's why they became jealous of him, and they were um, clogging the wells that Yitzchak had thing. So now in this part, the Avimelech comes to make peace, which means so Avimelech acknowledged that now Yitzchak's mazal was super mazal tov because he was whatever he would touch would become like gold, would be a hundred times gold finger. Right. Touch. Yeah, he had the minus touch. He had the gold finger. So he says, "Now we can definitely not mess with you or, and start up with you." So he says, "Avalda lechashibigval evel zeshet haasei ishtanim atzavcha l'rat itzach lachsur shuv elartsenu." So he says, "But she says if you." So Avimelech was kind of trying to twist his arm or convince him to make peace with him. He says, "But if you ever." Um, you know, your your luck runs out, you're going to have to come back to my country, and then if you weren't nice to me, and don't make peace with me, don't think we're going to welcome you back in. 
That's how he was trying to... Now, we want to explain that clearly it says in the Torah that they were extremely jealous. We know this is a phenomenon, very unfortunate, and it's so heartbreaking to see after thousands of years the Jews don't understand this. We Jews are forbidden to flaunt our wealth. I thought this is the parsha my son is learning in school, Miketz. Um, Yaakov says, Lama titaru. When there was a famine, and then he sends his kids yeah. to Egypt. At the time, they did have a lot of... It says he sent almonds. They had a lot of different fruit. Yeah. But he, he said, we don't want to stand out in the eyes of Yishmael and our other neighbors. That they got yeah, so... Um, Jews always need to keep a low profile because Har Sinai, the mountain that we accepted the Torah, is also Har Sinai, Sinah. Sinah also means what? Hatred. Because now that we have a relationship of the door, these Ten Commandments, and we heard God, and we experienced God, and we're God's favorite son, and not, not, the Goyim are not called God's children. They're in the image of God, but they were not Banim. So... And we, we, the Jews are almost so much more blessed. Yeah, and they're jealous. They're jealous. So it says, Avi Melech was basically telling Yitzhak that even though we are jealous of you, we didn't come in like pirates. Yeah. You know. We didn't touch you. We didn't make a pogrom and come and attack you, try to take your, well, your wealth. Just leave. So he said, no, he said, make, make peace with us. He's coming to make peace. So the, we're just going to do this Ramban, and this will be the end of our class. He says, He says that they weren't scared of him, that Yitzhak was going to be attacking him. Yitzhak obviously was a very peaceful person, and he wasn't trying to conquer the world, so, so to say, like David or Solomon would try to gain territory. It says the reason, we're trying to understand why is... Avimelech, a goy, proactively coming to Yitzchak's camp and asking his hand in peace. Why? It's a bit strange. Going usually don't... Because they made a treaty of peace. And even at the time of David HaMelech in Yerushalayim, they had castle. And yeah. Because of, you know, that oath was... Exactly, exactly. So the Ramban is explaining, Abram had guaranteed that his descendants and his children would not do any harm to Avimelech. You understand? So he says, but okay, so, and Avimelech also said, we won't do any bad to you, but he did do bad to Yitzchak. He, he, he kicked him out, he booted him yeah. out of his country. So he said, he says he was, he was worried that. You know, in, deep down, everybody knows that Jews are the source of all blessing, and what God says is going to happen. So he knew that someday the Jews are going to take over this country, because Abraham had told them, that was well known. So he was worried that um, his children, his descendants, were also going to be you know, kicked out by Yitzchak's children. So that he kind of made a new deal with Yitzchak, that we only want for each other what? Good. And like you said, even in the time of Nevi'im, the Jews let Avimelech keep his treaty. Keep his treaty and keep his castle and keep his kingdom. Yeah. So he's saying that basically, 
whoever uh, nullifies the treaty between this new treaty between Yitzhak and Avimelech is God forbid going to get um, cursed. So why did he... So we, clearly, just for the record, there was two different uh, treaties. One with Avram, Avimelech Avram, one with Avram, Yitzhak. Obviously, Av, uh, uh, it was clear that Avram, Avram Avinu was a larger-than-life character. He was always so kind and blessing everybody and teaching everybody a prince of a man, a royal... So they saw he was very rich also and powerful. Could they have asked Hashem, can we make peace treaty? Or they just went ahead and... Yeah, it could be. You know, if they ask Hashem... So the question we're asking here is that... I I don't know, it could be that they should have... Because I know another one of the prophets, maybe David or somebody, was punished because he didn't ask Hashem permission. Was it Chizkiyo or... He he made he oh, yeah. Yeah. he he allowed them to yeah. come see, but it seems that in this situation God was. I don't think they ever got punished for making peace, Avram or Yitzchak. No, but uh, you know, children couldn't keep the land. They had to go to Egypt for about four generations. Oh, you're saying maybe that was the reason because they made a treaty with Avimelech? Yeah. I don't know. That's a good homework. We have to see if in the Midrash or in Chazal they got punished. It says, but, but it says, but it says clearly Avraham was a very powerful person. He was wealthy. He had three hundred people that were able to fight for him. He had an army. He had a little militia. You know that he went to save Lot. So it was in. It basically saying Avraham Avinu, even though he was a kind person, he was extremely influential, powerful person. That was worth it for Avimelech to come and make a peace with him. And he had a lot of allies, you should know. You know, Mamre. Yeah. Avram was a powerful person. And the fact that he had a small army himself, and the Ramban says it's just very fascinating that he had a lot of people that loved him yeah. and would back him up in any war. And he says he himself was like a lion. He was a great warrior, Avram. Because we see he was able to to beat those four kings and kings. and bring uh, Lot back. So it says, when the Pelishtim saw that he is really a godly and God is with Avraham, they, they, they were actually afraid that Avraham would overtake their nation and kick them out of their country. Mm. Because he was actually, he was able to overcome four kings. So even one king, Avimelech, and he also he had many allies like Mamre and these uh, Eshkol and all these people. So it was in their best interest. And they also knew that uh, God had promised this whole land to Avram. So th- he was actually a very smart guy in my opinion, Avimelech. He knew Avram was powerful. He was blessed by God, God's favorite. And he was just a very uh, conniving... Zerang. Zerang. That he came and said, you know... Let's make peace. Let, let me keep my shorts on. Yeah. Let's make peace with him. Clever guy. Clever guy. And, you know, we'll swear. Yeah. So I won't... Sure. Because um, he, he had, he, had uh, he was, uh, you know... Kitiyezot, kazoim, zenim, 
So he was very smart to be proactive and go tell Avram, you know, I want to make peace with you. I'm your friend too. And I'm going to make a treaty forever and ever with you. And it says, the Ramban says another fascinating thing. He wasn't sure how long Avram would live. Because he was like a prophet. He was a godly person. He may live a very long time. So he says, um, maybe by the time Avimelech's grandson was king, Avram would still be alive. So he wanted to be in a good graces. So when he saw that Yitzhak is also as great as Avraham, he said, yo, I made a big fat mistake about kicking him out and starting up with him. So here in this specific place, the Ramban, I think, is just giving us a background why it was smart on uh, Avimelech's. And I tell you, it's the same story of America, I think. I think this may have been, you know, whatever happened to Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov is... uh, because history repeats itself. It could be Ma'asavot Simon the Banim that actually is a very important thing to know throughout history. Whoever um, raped and bothered the Jews, like Spain, who's Spain now in the world? Nobody. But whoever was nice to the Jews, like America, look, right now the two biggest billionaires, each one of us were $200 billion, Tesla and Amazon, is America. Google, Facebook, everything. Is I mean, their army is bigger than all the armies in the world combined, America. So it's the same thing, that whoever... Avi Melech had that wisdom to know that Yitzchak, whatever he touches, becomes a hundred times more blessing. And Avram was special by God, so let me make a, a peace treaty with them. And uh, that's really... He, he actually believed what God had told Avram, that really, whoever blesses the Jews and is good to the Jews, God will bless them, and whoever is bad will be bad. And that's just been proven again and again in history. Haman Wad tried to destroy the Jews. He became destroyed. And same thing with Germany and, you know, Spain and everybody. So Avi Melech, I think, is the first prototype to realize that Jews are a blessing. I may go p- peace with them and take care of them so I myself will be blessed.